Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. It's me, Doug. If you'd like to check out our podcast episodes live, head on over to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash lowercase c slash mindgappodcast for the live stream there. We'd love to interact with you during the show. While you're there, it would mean the world to us if you would hit the like and subscribe button. This little act helps us grow and we'd appreciate your contribution. If you're still in the giving mood, head over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and give it a rating and a review. If you like a particular episode, video, or bit, share it around with your friends. Who knows? You may help another mind gapper find their way into our loving embrace. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindgappodcast. Your subscription will give you access to early content, exclusive videos, special Discord privileges, and more. All right, that's enough for me. On with the show. Mind Gap Podcast. Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin, and Loki just entered the room. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That was Dog. on. I thought I heard it behind me. I thought I heard my door open. Are you just, just going to go now? I open and then nothing. And I'm like, well, that can be only one thing. It is can there, be only Loki. Is there something you need, puppy dog? Hmm? Just looking up at me and wagging her tail. I tell That's you, gang. It. Just wanted to be recognized. I tell you, gang. This is this is what it's all about. Owning a dog is just you know, comes in I when she like wants. I feel like sometimes dogs. Uh, I feel like Abby at least. If we're on our phones, she'll start whining, and I'm I'm. The only thing I can think of is that she's concerned that we're not recognizing that she exists. Yeah, it's almost like I wonder if dogs can have an existential crisis, <laughs> where they're like, if you're not paying attention to me, did did I cease to be? That's interesting. That's an interesting thought, right? They're just like, how come, like, I'm here, you're here, and then, and this is what I hate, and she's just like, cool. Now listen, yep. this is more of a door problem than a dog problem, because that door obviously doesn't latch. She just kind of goes, and it opens it up. Oh, sure, yeah. Stand by while I close my door. She lightly noses the door, and then the door just flies wide open. I feel like what this is, Doug, is that you need to fix the door. Yeah. There's a lot of little things I need to fix around my house, and that's not oh, one of the priorities. Not. So, oh, I think know. it should be a very big priority. That nah. needs to be top of the list. No. In fact, I'll make a special trip back into Downer's area. <laughs> uh, if you didn't know any better, Good I thought state. you were just making a uh, like a joke against disabled people. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Why did you choose you know that? Me. You choose that path? You're like, yep. Yep. That's what That's, I'll do. You know what? If you know my brand of humor, that's that's right on par. That reminds me. I got to show you. Uh, I never thought I'd say this. There's a TikTok I need to share with you. Um, no, I don't like anything about that. It's, it's from uh, Ian Edwards and another comedian. <clears throat> and uh, I don't want to ruin it, but it was definitely like, hey, make your choice. Do you want to say something really awful or do you want to get laid? And uh, it's very, very funny. I'll show it to you later. I don't really want to sure. ruin it because I'm tempted to tell you the whole thing, but I will ruin it and it won't be enjoyable for anybody. I'll be like, ah, we shared an experience. Never mind. Explaining a TikTok to someone might be worse than trying to do someone's stand-up bit. Like if you watch a good stand-up special and you try to relay a really funny bit that they did, it never, never ends up going well. It is no. probably one of the most, one of the most awkward 
interactions you'll have is if someone tries to recount a stand-up bit that they heard. Yeah. And I have to imagine that doing the same, explaining, verbally explaining a TikTok with zero visuals has got to be right up there. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a visual. It was, it was basically, it was, it was, uh, it was like a blackout sketch is what it was. I was like, right. But I'm saying yeah. explaining it, like just yeah. verbally explaining it without watching it is just, it's, that's, yeah, it's, we it's, should, we should make that a segment where it's just Doug explains TikToks. Yeah. Or we could have JJ Pogchamp describes TikToks. Oh, there we go. That could be interesting. Or refuse TikToks. There we go. I'm just saying, there's options. We got options. We got things to do. TikTok. (laughs) Get at us, TikTok. Don't, really. I don't care. Or don't. I don't care. I love how that you saw the need to create an account for us, but also loathe the fact that we have an account. Listen, here's what I'm going to say. I don't think what we do really has a presence on TikTok. I don't think a That's lot fair. of what it is is I don't think I mean hey, I'm happy to post stuff on there. I don't think yeah. the people on TikTok give a shit. So different spaces yeah. for different places, you know? That's what yeah. they say up mm-hmm. top. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that is what's said in certain circles. <laughs> Uh, I love that I did that. You're like, I don't know what you just did. You know what? I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to commit to it. And I did. So (laughs) anyway, we got a great show ahead of us. Super excited to be here. It's always good to catch up. Uh, But first things first, we've got a little bit of housekeeping. Um, In case you didn't know, Justin and I were on a recent episode of the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast that you can catch on any podcast platform. Um, Justin and I got the chance to play uh, Rut and Root, two very lovable little gremlins that were in charge of security at the Feywild Carnival, and it was really fun playing with Crit and Travis and all the Turns other cool folks. We were in charge of security inside the carnival. Yeah. Apparently. Yes. That's that- what we learned that as uh, the master of inventing everything told us that. Yes. Um, we had a really good time and, um, I, I'm looking forward to, uh, reprising those characters at some point in time. So please go check that out. Show them some love, show them some support. Uh, it's, it's like under an hour, uh, episode and we had so much fun. And while you're at it, if you haven't read, heard the first episode, do that. It's season two episodes one and two. That's where Justin yep. and I guest star. You should go check it out and support we those guys. The season wide open. That's right. Um, and, uh, while we're at it. Um, if you want to show us some support, head on over to patreon.com slash mind gap podcast, subscribe, subscribe on there. We've got a $1 tier and a $5 tier. If you find it in your heart to be like, you know what? I really want to support these guys. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, it, That stuff really matters. It helps basically helps us pay for our hosting and some other potential, um, ideas that we have in place. So throw your support. We, we'd absolutely appreciate it. If you also want to support us monetarily, please check out our merch at redbubble.com. Just type in Mind Gap Podcast in the search. Pick yourself something up with that Mind Gap logo, T-shirt, anything like that. Maybe a backpack, maybe a hat, you know? Here, here's what I'll say to that. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. Treat yourself. Easter's coming up. Treat yourself. Yeah. A few more months. Arbor Day is coming up. Treat yourself. Right. Yeah, I'm just saying. I almost said Easter again, like you just didn't say it two seconds ago, and I was like, "Oh, right." It's worth mentioning again. 
to treat yourself. Well, here's the thing. You said Easter. I thought Easter bunny. But then when I went back through, I'm like, what's the one where Jesus comes back? And I was like, Easter. Wait. Yeah, that's right. That's the same yeah. fucking holiday, you know? Right. Jesus. Um, Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ yeah. will come again and treat yourself. Treat yourself, baby. Uh, and speaking of merch, I am sporting some merch oh. from our boys. Oh, shit. You haven't heard this music. <laughs> You haven't heard this music podcast from our boy Richie over in the UK. Richie, love you, buddy. Thank you for your support, and we support you too. And if you have not checked them out, please do. Richie does a series of podcasts. They're fantastic. There's one that's based on music. There's one that's based on movies. He's doing another one with books. He's a great dude. He's been on here a couple of times, and uh, we fucking love him. So throw some support their way as well. Um, and speaking of our Patreon, you know, I want to shout out our supporters, Wolfslore, Tom McIntyre, Richie Armour, Zinni, Slotty Bartfast, and of course, Almighty Crit. Thank you all for your support on our Patreon. It means the world to us. You guys are the best. You are the best. And you might be saying, Doug, listen, times are tough, man. Oil mm -hmm. is, is crazy right now. Gas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's four fifty mm -hmm. a gallon, man. Like, I, mm -hmm. I just, you know, I love what you do and I want to support you, but ah, times are tough, man. Hey. We get it. We do. So stop driving and pay us. <laughs> Is that was that not where you're going? With Are that? we not your gas that fuels your spirit, your soul, your mind? Right. We have gas for you. Mm -hmm. And all you got to do is pay us. But if you're like, hey, man, my budget, it's a lot, man. It's a lot to contribute. We get it. Trust me. There's a couple ways you can support us. Number one, like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. It costs you literally $0, and it helps us so much. Like and subscribe. Number two, and this is a challenge. I issued this a couple weeks ago. I'm bringing it back. If you want to mm. support us, if you're like, Doug, I, I, I really want to help you out. How can I do this at no cost? Go to our YouTube channel. Find your favorite clip. Find your favorite short. Find your favorite episode. Your favorite Ask Practical Doug. Your favorite throwdown. Whatever it is. Grab the link, share it on your social media. Send it out there to everyone to let them know that, hey, listen, I like this podcast. I support this podcast. You should check it out. That would also be a gigantic help. So that's my challenge for you this week. Grab something from ours, one of our, anything on our YouTube channel, post in social media, send it to all who would like to hear about it, and hopefully bring them into our loving embrace. Yes. Huzzah. Huzzah. And if you want to hang out with us more, get a little more intimate, uh, join our Discord server. Link is down in the description. Check it out. Come hang out with all the folks. Uh, be a part of all the festivities, all the fun, all the video game nights and stuff like that. Come join us. It'd be great to have you there. And that also costs you nothing. So come join our community. And last but not least, if you'd like to check out what we do live we live stream our podcast recordings every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central. And I also host a video game live stream every Saturday at 8 p.m. Central right here at YouTube.com slash MindGapPodcast. Come hang out with us. Interact with us. We fucking love it when you're here. We really do. We love hanging out with you. So come check us out. Support us. End housekeeping. Bump. Oh, Done. God. Oh, tastes like dinner. Ooh, that was. Ooh, yeah. What was dinner tonight? Uh, smoky chicken pasta. Ooh, very nice. Yes, delicious. It's one of my new favorite healthy meals that doesn't feel like a healthy meal. Makes me feel like I'm treating myself like an Easter treat. That's how I, that's how I feel like with most of the meals that I eat. I'm like, how is this healthy? Here's right. the thing. It's not. 
I'm just kidding. They're I not think, healthy. No, they are. It'd be funny. I'm like, I just eat a bowl of marshmallows every day. I'm like, right. Yeah, but I I limit how many, so it's right? healthy. I have it with broccoli. It's totally right. cool. It cancels out. Marshmallow fluff and broccoli. It's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, man. Hey, I, I got just, a question. Yeah. Do you floss? Do I floss twice a day? Yeah. Twice a day. Twice a day. For for real. Hundred percent on our friendship. Twice a day. Really? Yeah. You didn't expect that from me, did you? I did not. I thought you it's were not like, what you wanted to hear. Should. No, no. I'm very happy, actually, to hear that because that's what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, let me ask you this because I, I floss very irregularly and I know I should floss more. Do you floss before or after you brush your teeth? Ooh, great question. I've, I used heard, to yeah. do it after, but now I do yes. it before because I look at it as I'm going to dislodge a bunch of shit between my teeth. Yes. So why don't I get that out and then brush so that, A, I can get anything else that's loose and also get all the goodness in between those cracks. Yes, absolutely. I just literally tonight had this epiphany, and I don't know why it took me this long, but I was the same where I would brush, then floss, because I think that's the order they do it in the dentist office. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll, they'll do the whole teeth clean, and then they'll round it out with a, a round of flossing. And in my mind, I'm like, same thing. I was like, wait a second. I'm dislodging all of the stuff. It's not like I'm... With brushing, I'm not pre-treating anything. You know, yeah. like it's not like you're getting, you're dislodging it. Then you brush it away. Anything that's out, there. so it just makes more sense. I, I the order of operation for certain things, I think, is very interesting to see how how people do that. I think we did an episode on that years ago. Didn't Probably, we? it sounds like kind of you, familiar. When you get in the shower, do you wash for you wash your body first, or your hair first, or do you, you know, do you poop before a shower, or after a shower? That's just a dumb question. Order of operation. Anyone who poops after a shower is a fucking Neanderthal. Sociopath. Yeah. Right. Uh, Who's like, I want to get dirty again right after getting clean. It's like, what the? You put milk or cereal in the bowl first. Cereal. Absolutely. Now, I agree, but I I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Slotty and I think Noah had a very different take on that. I don't want to, uh, you know, erroneously put Noah in that boat, but I believe someone in our uh, little community here was was arguing pretty hard about the opposite way cereal and or uh milk and first then cereal i just feel like you need the cereal in to see like how much volume you've taken up in the bowl so then then when you pour in the milk you know it just seems like complete blasphemy to be like here's a bowl of milk now i'm gonna pour cereal into it that just seems crazy it seems bizarre. And just to clear it up, Noah, Noah just admitted, he admitted yes, and said that normal. he does milk first. So there we Uh-oh. go. We cleared it up. Shots fired. Nice. Way to go. Thanks for admitting <laughs> yeah, it, Noah, you first. fucking I'm psycho. Like, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to change things up. And this is 38 years of doing things. Well, not 38. I didn't, I didn't floss when I was one. But, uh, you know, you get the drift. Jesus. A lifetime of doing fucking it one slacker. way. <laughs> that was a real. That was just, you made that with your mouth. That was a fart. <laughs> uh yeah it's like what what uh foot do you like okay let me ask you this um go. do you go I, we definitely did this in the previous i know we did for sure do you do sock sock shoe shoe as opposed to sock, sock shoe, shoe sock, sock shoe. shoe i'm not a fucking psychopath yes i do two socks and then i finish the task at hand Socks are a task, and I finish that, and I move on to the next task. Burt Kreischer's younger daughter, 
Like he he was doing an Instagram live like a couple years ago yeah. where he put it up. He goes, "All right, hey everybody, I want to pull you real quick. Uh, do you do sock sock shoe shoe, or do you do sock shoe sock shoe?" His daughter in the background goes, "Everyone does sock shoe sock shoe." Daddy goes, "No, they don't, and I'm going to prove it to you. You are that is not true. That is not what people do." <laughs> it made me laugh That's so hard. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that was yeah, very very oh, entertaining. Gosh. Also, okay, so do you do? What sock do you put on what foot first? That's a good question. I do feel like I lean one way over the other. I think I think I put my right sock on. If you averaged it out, I think I do right then left, but honestly, I could not say. Now, putting my pants on, oh, God, I can't even. I know I do the same because I've tried it where I switch off which which leg I put in my pants first. And it feels like I almost lost my balance when I did it. It's the weirdest thing. Um, I think I put my left leg in my pants first. Yeah. I, if I tried putting my right leg in one time and I was like this, my pants just felt like they were on. Backwards. It was not, I was like, this is weird. I don't like it. I, don't I, like it I go left sock, right sock. And I go left Pant leg, right pant leg. So I, I start with my left and then do my right. That's just something I noticed. put socks on first or the pants on first? This is socks. entertaining for anyone listening. Socks first. They have to go first. Pants pants for me. See, for me, it was because of um, you have to sometimes when I back when I wore like really long socks, it was mm-hmm. easier to put them on first <clears> and then put the pants on for long pants because otherwise you'd have to roll your pants up to pull your socks up and it was kind of like an annoying little effort to do. So I was like, I'll put them on, put on my socks first, then put on my pants. So then problem solved. So the reason that I usually do socks last is because sometimes I'll do another couple laps into the bathroom for whatever, like is my hair is just air drying or whatever. And I don't want any of the drips from on the floor. If there's any wet uh, moisture on the floor, I don't want it to get on my socks. So I'll go barefoot until I'm ready to rock and roll. And then I'll put my socks on. That makes sense. Or you could just, you know, take care of your shit the first time in the bathroom instead of having to go back in there. No. Also, I like <laughs> no. to shake like a dog when I dry off. Did you so say you want to complete water. one task at a time? Then why wouldn't you complete all your tasks in the bathroom and then just be done with it? I do. Each each thing I do in there is a mini task. Oh, my so. God. It's a mini task. <laughs> and I check a little box on the dry erase board. <laughs> yeah. Noah says left sock on the right sh- left sock on right shoe, right pant on left sock. There we go. Now we're speaking we in calculus. Yep, that's it. <laughs> There you go. Solve for X. Solve for left, right pant. Somewhere Chris Bellucci just fainted. Yeah, just came. Uh, <laughs> so speaking about coming, about cool things. Um, speaking of socks, cars. <laughs> there is a uh, new electric car out there. Yeah. From Polestar, which either sounds like a really obnoxious liberal polling organization for like politics or like... A cool strip club. One of the two. Um, but apparently it's an electric car company uh, and they've unveiled a sleek electric sports car concept with the 56 mile an hour drone that films your driving. Everything that we've ever needed. Everything that you've ever needed, you dumb pieces of shit. Um, so this is what the car looks like. I'm showing it to the, the viewers. Justin, you've already seen this and you have access mm-hmm. to the article. So I don't want to hear any of your shit. Um, but, uh, it, I mean, it looks like a cool futuristic car. Um, yeah. I mean, it looks... Yeah, the design's fun. It's, you know, like, 
Doug and I were talking uh, off mic, uh, which which one we prefer the look of, the Polestar or the Tesla. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think we were both kind of back and forth. Like they both have their, uh, this this is a very sleek looking car. Um, you know, yeah. as Noah said, looks like a car. Yeah, it totally 100% looks like a car. They nailed um, that aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, it looks cool, but uh, again, like I don't, I don't care about cars, so it doesn't mean anything. But yeah. Justin sent a like a it was like a minute commercial for this thing, and um, like a hype video they did on their Instagram page. Yeah, it says it's practically illegal to unveil a concept car without at least one off the wall quirk. So Polestar developed a built in drone that deploys from the back of the car at the tap of a touchscreen, and the video that Justin sent was exactly that. It was like this drone coming off and like flying around the car and you could see like do you want it to go up 400 feet or wherever you want it to go and it's just following and i'm like what's the fucking point of this are you still showing the uh the the thing on because uh, off the back of the car where the trunk is there's a little there's a little divot or like a line yeah. that's the track where the drone comes out of so there's a flap that comes yeah, up like right there right near the headrest of the back seat and the drone comes out and then launches and then it'll dock and go back in at the same place. Yeah. And again, we were trying to figure out what is the possible practical application for this. Now, Polestar says that it's purely just to it's to enhance. Wait, what was the exact word? Hold on. Uh, it was it is Polestar CEO insists this isn't a gimmick, but rather a way of enhancing the driving experience and helping people create memories that can look back on. Right. Because what I want to do... Like the fiery car crash you get in. Because that's what I want to do, right? Is is like, hey, remember, let's pull up that video of the time we were driving. Right. Like I Again, like most people are driving... What are you going to get stuck in the 101, you know, in mm-hmm. California? Or you're, you're on 9094 in Chicago, stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic? You need a, you need a, a, a glam shot of that? You don't. I mean... You know, the only time where this works is if you're driving through, like, the salt flats in Utah. Yeah, which I also wouldn't recommend in this car. That seems nope. like a terrible idea. Because that's the thing. It's like always you see this shit all the time on, on, on car commercials, right? You've got like this Jeep that's like going off road and you're like driving in the sand and some shit. I'm like, how often do you actually do that? Like, I've never once been like, time to go off road. We're oh. at the state park. Let's go biking. Like, we got to find our way to the trail in the car. It's like, no, that's not what happens. We need to get to the top of this mountain before we can start hiking it. Yeah, or it's like, of course, in this, in the commercial for this particular car, it was middle of nowhere, right? Beautiful stretches of road, completely like, let's unleash the drone and take these cool shots of our car. Around a volcano or something. Yeah. Just the the way that the stone looked or whatever. But like, yeah, no one, come on. So like, we were talking, we were trying to figure out what would, what would a, a actual practical application, practical Doug and practical Justin were talking about what could you use this for? And the only thing I think we settled on was potentially if this was an emergency vehicle, there might be some use for it. Right. If you were outside of that, I don't know what else, man. So if you like Justin made the example of, hey, what if someone was lost in the woods? You're right. And you're a rescue vehicle and you can like send the drone up, you know, to be circling to see if you can find anything or. You know, if there was like a fire or something to be able to survey the area or I don't know, like it, there's it, now that we're saying it, 
the same time, I'm like, why wouldn't you just have a drone in the, the cab of your car? Of course. And take it out and send it up. Like, why do you need it to launch off of your car? Right. While driving 56 miles an hour. Exactly. Doesn't seem to make sense. And I think if you have this much money to buy this car, which I can only imagine is just like an absolute ass load. Um, I would say probably the only other practical application is car porn. Like you just get, you know, just, you know, boning in the car and you're like, let's, let's unleash the drone and just like get these aerial shots of us us fucking in the back seat, you know? Right. You just go pull start, unleash drone. It's just, (laughs) it just goes out. It just kind of comes out and then just stares at you right in the face. Right. You're like, yeah. Yeah. Like American Psycho style. You're like, yeah. Yeah. All right. Now do a quick 360 and it's just just around you. You're like, yeah. Yeah. Now look me in the eyes. Don't break eye contact. Yeah. Sometimes when I come, I shit, you know. I need it to finish. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The other thing we were talking about is how, if potentially this became a a consumer car, it, it went off of the concept car and became an actual in production. And, you know, let's say it was pseudo affordable and there was a bunch of these driving around because you see you do see a lot of Teslas driving around as as much as everyone thinks those are out of the, you know, out of the realm of possibility of buying or whatever. There's a lot of them you see driving around. So obviously some people are getting some money from somewhere. Yeah. If you've got a decent amount of these, that means you've just got drones flying at 50 miles an hour all over the city, all over the whatever that just. I feel like we are, that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I, I don't see any good coming of this. Yeah. I can't imagine there'd have to be so many rules. Like, can you imagine right. just like driving down the interstate and you just see this car come by and there's just like a drone following behind it? And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you see the car, and then yeah, three seconds later. Yeah. Right. Cause the car is going like 85 and it's like, I can right. barely keep up. Well, also, when I've been flying my drone around, it it's really good at you know uh, sensing what's in front of it, what's behind it, what's uh, you know. Uh, it's got good situational it awareness. It's got really good situational awareness. It it picks up on social cues. It's fantastic. But I have more than once almost ran it into power lines. Uh, it's very those things are thin, and it does not always pick up on the sensors. So if you're driving along, if you're tooling along the highway and you want to launch this thing and get some really cool shots, are you telling me that it's it's that advanced that it's just going to miss all the all the potential obstacles out there? What if a bird? I've had my drone attacked by birds. What if it's out there? You're in the middle of the wilderness and an eagle swoops in. Or it's just, just like, saying, how many of these are you going to find along the side of the road as people just realize they're out of its range and then they don't stop to get it? You know, because they forget because like, oh, shit, that's right. I let this thing out, you know, right. Or sci-fi perspective, it's fun, but right. You know, it's like bond deployed drone, (laughs) you know, exactly. but yeah, in in all practical uses, it's 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 not I I can't I imagine this is definitely something rich people would jerk off to, you know. Oh, yeah, let's get this drone out. Check it out. It's just completely pointless. Doesn't do anything like. This yeah. is this is the the epitome of frivolous. Like yes. it, it's not necessary. Does it appeal to the tech side of like the little kid in me is super excited? This I was like, this is a cool video, and then the adults started thinking about it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, someone someone develop put time into developing this. Yeah, I don't know. I just and like we said the other day too, a lot of YouTubers 
are already sending their drones up, putting track mode on and just going. Yeah. This is this happens already. I don't is there anyone who's driving and in the middle of driving is like, "Oh, right this minute I need a drone to follow me." Yeah. Let's sh- let's let's capture this footage. Yep. Yeah, I, I can't imagine there's too many situations. And not only that, it's like you capture the footage. It's like anything else you've done with your phone. You go through all the photos, all the videos you've taken. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember. Took a video of us driving. Yeah. It's like, wow, very cool. Can't wait for you to do that on your boat. Release the <laughs> boat drone. Like, Here we right. are. We're in the water. Honk, honk. Hey, look, we, went, we stopped and we, we dropped anchor in the lake. We're drinking beer. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, there's where the drone went into the lake, and we're going to fish it out now. We're listening to ACDC. Tanya broke up with me. They never found her. <coughs> I got dark real quick. Destroy the footage now. 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 Polestar, destroy footage. <laughs> Polestar, kill Tanya. Just- kill Tanya. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, congrats, Polestar. You you did something that you know non car people like us are talking about. So, congratulations. Yeah. You know. So, if you out. guys uh, are interested in pre ordering one of these, you can go ahead and subscribe to MindGap's Patreon for five dollars, and uh, you know we'll we'll send an email on your behalf. Yeah. It's Maybe. True. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Try it and see. Hey, Polestar, sponsor us or don't. Please don't. I got nothing to say. Be like, why don't buy this? This is a waste of money and a waste of we time. We just we just spent fifteen minutes ripping this this thing to shreds, and now they're going to be like, oh, can you can we please give you? This money? seems like the type of demographic that would want to purchase our cars and you know have the right lifestyle and everything that we've been looking for. People with a fart sandboard and the guy that hates boats. Yeah, let's let's ha- let's let's advertise another depreciating asset on this podcast. You know, <laughs> no, yeah. Speaking that of stuff right. that's a waste of money, NFTs. Oh, yeah, back in the news yet again. We're bringing them back, um, because some so filmmakers. This article. I'm so conflicted by this. Some 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 filmmakers are trying to find new ways to finance their shared universe and their films, and they think they figured it out with non-fungible tokens. If you're not familiar with what a non-fungible token is, we've covered this before, a long time ago. Before it was cool, we talked about it. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Hold on. You okay? I got doors opening. Yeah, All right. I'm good. Is your dog busting in your room? No, my dog doesn't have opposable thumbs. Oh, that's cool. You look very scared. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> Ghosts! This uh, is sorry, squirrels. Place. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, that's cool. That's fair enough. So NFTs. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the best way to describe them. I, I, I don't even know. NFTs like, are fake. Yeah, it's essentially like, hey, here's a digital thing that you could in allegedly own, but you don't really. And it can be it's it's included in the blockchain. And supposedly the original artist will get a commission every time it's sold. And it's a way of like making digital art. But honestly, it's just a bunch of dog shit. So <clears throat> allow me a non-fungible token. An NFT is a non-interchangeable unit of data stored on a blockchain, a form of digital ledger that can be sold and traded. Types of NFT data units may be associated with digital files such as photos, videos and audio. There you go. 
So the idea is that you uh, buy this digital thing and supposedly you have the like like main copy of it. There may be other copies of it, but you have the original copy. Mm -hmm. So ta-da. It's like owning your own Picasso. Yes, digitally. If Picasso was able to be you know copied and pasted and no one really gave a shit about it. Yeah, exactly. NFTs kind of they're uh, controversial because it takes a lot of energy uh, to create them. And uh, also, it's um, one of those things where um, I had another point and I just lost it. Uh, oh, yeah. People are taking other people's art and then essentially that they don't have any, like they, they, they didn't do, they're like, oh, cool, here's this cool thing on DeviantArt. I'm going to make an NFT out of it and sell it and make money and not credit the original artist. So there's a lot of shady stuff going on with it. A lot of people are like jacking up the value of something and then just, you know, being like, buy these NFTs, I'll donate them to charity. And then they're like, just kidding. No, I won't. And they just right. fuck off. So it's just, it's clouded in a bunch of shadiness. It's, it feels like a scam to me in mm -hmm. general. Like it's really kind of gross. So we don't think highly of them around here. We don't think kindly of your kind around here, NFTs. If you're waiting for a mind gap NFT, you're going to be waiting for a while. That's, uh, that's the long and short of it. Yeah. No, I don't, don't think so. Um, unless but, we can, unless we stand to make a lot of money and then we may change our stance. But according to the Hollywood Reporter, um, the filmmakers behind the film Prospect are looking to turn NFTs to finance their new shared universe. So this is Zeke Earl and Chris Caldwell. They're creating a sci-fi property called uh, The Fringe, which they hope will not be creatively beholden to financiers or distributors. So let's break down what they're trying to do here. So their thought is... They want to find a better way to finance their shared universe without having to go through the typical gatekeepers and financiers that are, I, I would assume in general, are just a bunch of fucking squares, right? They're going to give you money, but they hold all the power, all the decisions, right. and they don't, they don't like that. They're kind of over it. So what they want to do is they want to have their audience, their fans contribute to a universe, a sci-fi universe, and, and the way they would contribute is they would purchase NFTs of characters, and they would buy their character, which you know would the, the purchase of that they, they they would be kind of like owning that character in that universe. They would be funding the project, and the idea is that they would be buying into both literally and figuratively this creative project, and they would be sort of attached to this character. There would be opportunities for their characters to sort of compete in some way so that maybe their character will show up in the film. Maybe their character will get its own spinoff or just ways to engage the community in that sort of way. So, Justin, did I sum that up fairly well based on how you understood the article? Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, I think you hit all the all the points there. They, they hired a bunch of artists to create a collection of NFTs. These are characters known as drifters in this universe. They're working class people. And if you buy one of these, you essentially are associated with or own the character in a sense, but you don't own them. This is where I start to get a little, so you pay for this. They can use the characters however they want. Still, you don't own the rights to the characters. You're just paying for an association to the character. Yes. So what do you like? And it's basically, it's another way of, of saying, Hey, 
donate. It's instead of doing Kickstarter, they're doing this. You're yeah. getting it, it. This is this is your uh, this is your reward for for donating to their Kickstarter. Is you get to say, hey, they named a star after me. Basically, yeah. I have no ownership over this star, but my name's attached to it. Yeah, I and think I, I just don't see a lot of. I don't know. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I don't know. Well, I love Noah goes, Ahem. may I introduce you to GoFundMe and end credits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're buying a exactly. receipt. Yeah, that's that's actually a good way of putting it. I think kind of what I see with this is, I, I, I think I made this comparison when we were talking off mic about it, is it's kind of similar to Critical Role, right? Like with Critical Role, they had a Kickstarter and they had their fans basically help fund the majority of their animated series, Legend of Vox Machina. And sure. by hitting different funding goals, they unlocked stretch goals and all sorts of stuff. And they were essentially contributing to the creation of this thing that they really wanted to see. But you could argue that the extent of their fandom like sort of ended with once they contributed, sure, maybe they unlocked a couple of things that they got to see or, you know, I know one of the stretch goals was they did basically like a a special like arena throwdown one shot with some characters that got ported into this, you know, world where they got to fight and they unlocked that by contributing. So, but at the end of the day, what they what the audience got out of it from my perspective was this show that they really mm-hmm. wanted to see. I think what these two are trying to do is they want to in, they want to create almost like another layer of engagement with people that want to contribute to what they want to do in that yes there'll be some sort of discord and yes like oh i like this character this is the, the i love this art i want to i want to fund this and i want to buy this character because i think they look cool they sound cool and i want to you know i want i would love to have this character show up in the universe and it just creates a little more engagement because that's one of the things that drove critical role to success was the fan base was absolutely just you know like rabid i'd say the fan base still is like they 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 are called critters and they love their show and i think this is an attempt to help create a stronger connection with this creative thing with the filmmakers so that they can be a little more engrossed in what they do. At least that's my perspective. So, so let me ask this though: Is this world that they're creating? Because Prospect was a live-action movie, mm-hmm. so they're <clears throat> they're getting these these artists to create an NFT, a collection of characters that they're selling off. They're creating drawings of these characters. Is this larger universe going to include comic books and? video games and animated series or are they going to potentially cast real world actors as these characters or will the fans get to be cast as like i guess that's what i'm not understanding is that if you're selling the art this character how in the hell are they going to bring that character to the real world sure they they may get someone who kind of looks like the character but they're going to cast someone and maybe that actor does something completely different than what it like, you know what I mean? Like the character's not, it's they're buying, you're buying a cartoon and they're making live action movies. Fuck you. It's they're buying art, Justin. Sure. <laughs> sure. 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 
Um, no, I think because based on what this says, is funds raised would go to the development and production of the many projects, be they films, TV series, graphic novels, or podcasts. Okay. And um, so it was the, the idea would give the filmmakers a certain amount of independence. And at the same time, it would help create a new kind of fandom that would be invested in and participate in the success of the project. So they so want a, they ultimately want to work toward a, a community owned IP. That's what their goal is. Sure. And they specifically are quoted here saying, it's a futuristic dream, but think Star Wars if you could cut out the corporate machine and unite artists and fans. One of the best things to do as an indie filmmaker uh, is to, if you can get, Noah goes, so it is a Kickstarter. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a reimagined version of the same thing. Like they're, they're not, I, I, look, we are shitting on a, uh, I, we're not shitting on them. It's it's less about these two, and it's more about the NFTs that I dislike. I I, I applaud what these two are trying to do. Um, I just I dislike the whole concept around NFTs. Um, they, they're not reinventing the wheel here. They're just they're 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 putting a new skin on an old model. Is is really what they're doing? Yeah. The thing that I will say that that I fully agree with and I applaud is, is as an independent filmmaker, one of the best things you can do is have a built-in audience. If you can build an audience, a community like we have here, most anything that we do, our community will come check it out. So yeah. we have we have a built-in audience, and that is invaluable as an indie filmmaker because big budget, big studios, you get these big Hollywood actors, and you've got a, a marketing and PR department that's pumping millions of dollars behind it. And people are going to go see those movies with indie films. It is a struggle to get those seen and to get those to, in front of anyone, really. And if you have a built-in audience, let's say you have a built-in audience of 20,000 people who are rabid fans of everything you do. That's a lot more... Um, it's easier uh, to sell. It's easier to sell. It's a lot more enticing to someone like an Amazon Prime or a Netflix to pick your thing up because they're like, oh, we're going to get 20,000 people who automatically are going to probably subscribe for this. So... It's an easy, it's a transactionary thing. So what they're doing here by vesting people into the project, into this world, these people are undoubtedly going to consume whatever they put out. Again, be it the graphic novel or the movie or the podcast or whatever. So from that perspective, it's wonderful. It's wonderfully brilliant. And it's a way to keep them engaged past just a Kickstarter. I will give yeah. them that. I will absolutely concede that. Yeah, it's I just definitely these are a ripoff. Agreed, and I, I th it's it's definitely an extra layer of engagement within that community because we talked about it with Legend of Vox Machina, Critical Role. I mean, those guys had pitched their idea for a show plenty of times, and and yep. and none of those big studios really understood what it was that they were doing. But right. when they did the Kickstarter, and they're like, "Oh my God, the fans are funding this, and they are rabid." Right, people came a calling. Because they're like, hey, uh, so one, you've already financed the majority of this, and 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 number two, you're you've got the established fan base. We know this is going to have a big push right out of the gate, so that made sense. Mm, so, one hundred percent, you want to do this, and I think in theory, because like Critical Role is like, oh, you like Dungeons and Dragons, you like these actors, you like these characters, that's going to get you into this. This is like, hey, do you want to kind of help fund this and also maybe help? shape the universe that's in it you know they talk about how um you know they can like again i don't know how they do this but 
Uh, they'll be able to compete to have their character in the first film and have the opportunity for the character to end up in a variety of in-universe in stories. Like, that would be kind of cool, right? If you're the one you got, you're like, oh, sweet, this is my character. And they're going to make it in. They have the opportunity to win super rare NFTs ooh, of the film's lead characters and world elements as they are developed and gain access to the community Discord server where they will hang out with the artists and the filmmakers and have access to the development process. Now see, that is more intriguing to me than because I guess I still don't understand when you, if you buy an NFT of this character, you get to go around and say what to your friends. You're not in the film. You get to try to. So first, you have to explain to your mom what an NFT is, and then you can say, "So this thing that I spent money on, trust me, it's a good investment, mom. <laughs> this thing I spent money on." is going to be featured in a film. And then she goes, oh, great. What is your role in this? Nothing. I paid money. I'm financing the film. Sure. You know? But you could do that on a kick. Like, that's, that's but like, where I'm... But like Noah said, you're buying a receipt, essentially. Yeah. You are, I, I you're buying a receipt for it. You're also getting access. Because this is something that I don't think really... Again, I think the Discord is a big thing here that community has often been thing. overlooked in a lot of ways because... If you have the artists, you have the filmmakers, you have this. I mean, we we had the home team on here not that long ago. They have awesome fans. They have an incredible Discord community yeah. where those guys show up and they promote. And I was just on there the other day and there's guys like, hey, man, I've got extra tickets to the show. I can't go. Who in Kansas City wants these? Like, Love it's that. an amazing community of people that are also... The home team sets up game nights with Jackbox games. They play with their fans. Like it is a really great way to connect. Right. And as like I would assume, like from a filmmaker's perspective, it'd be really cool to continuously keep people in the loop and be like, hey, like we got this artist on here. Oh, hey, come, come do since you're contributing, since you basically have purchased something, it's like we're gonna do an ask me anything, or we're gonna do right. like a podcast, a quick whatever, and you can come hang out and see it happen. I think that's a level that is really, really impressive, and and I, I do think you could accomplish this in a Kickstarter as well, right? Like, hey, you, you donate enough money, you're going to get access to these things. But I, I do the things I appreciate about this. I think are the same things that you do. One is the financial freedom that you get from this, right? You're connecting with the people that matter in your mind as a, as an artist, which is your fans. Like those yeah. are the people you want to support you, and they're going to support you from day one. You re rely less on the corporate entities who. I don't know. I would say more often than not, don't know what the hell they're doing, but they get final say because they're paying for it, right? So ideally, you connect with the people that you want to and and you connect with them. They're the ones financing it. And as a collective, you sort of create this thing that you love. And I think that is really special and really cool. I just yeah. wish it wasn't NFTs. Like, I really wish... That's my disconnect. Is yeah. that I like the concept around everything that we've been talking about. I just... I just feel like this NFT thing is getting in. It's at least for me, it's getting in the way. I'm having a hard time. Yeah, I'm having a hard time getting past the NFT element of it when I know that you know that that nougaty goodness inside is really where it's at. That's the special sauce. I just I'm having trouble getting to it because this NFT, just the concept of NFTs in general, just again, like we said at the top of this seems like a scam to me. I can't, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying these, these guys are scamming anyone. That is yeah. absolutely not what I'm saying. Just the idea of an NFT just seems unnecessary when you can do like, if you like, 
you pay a hundred dollars in a Kickstarter and now you're, you're automatically in this discord and you can talk to us. What's, how is that any different? You know yeah. what I mean? I just, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you feel the the connection to a character, you're like, this is my character and they show up. Maybe that does make you a psychologically. Maybe that does ingratiate you a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe I well, just, he's <clears throat> just popping the fuck out of me. Well, I mean, you think about the people that love certain comic book characters that eventually show up in the, in the Marvel universe or something like that. You know, like yeah. that's that's pretty powerful, right? You got those people that are really rooting for that, and it shows up. And another element too here is they say after the sale, we want to incorporate the NFT holders into a formal incubator with voting capabilities. They will participate in making creative and logistical decisions around the future of the universe. This is as a filmmaker, uh, I'm incredibly excited to have this think tank as a sounding board during narrative development, whether that's in the form of storyboards, graphic novels, short scripts, or 3D animations. This will guide the development of the first film, but also create other pathways for the universe's evolution. I think that's incredibly risky. Yes. I think that's incredibly bold. I respect it, but I'm also like, listen... You may be avoiding the corporate overlords, but you're also getting Joe Dipshit, who's also going to try and have some sort of say over what you want to do. And I'm like, listen here, this corporate guy may not know what he's doing, but hopefully he's at least been around or at least has a network of people that can get you at least quality people to work on your project. I don't want some kid who's never fucking written a script in his life to give me feedback about how he thinks the story should go. Like, uh, no, thank you. Or logistics. I don't know what that means. Right. You know, well, and it's and it's not <clears throat> it's not just that. Like, if you give them voting, that's great. But if you just ignore what they're saying, well, now you've got a mini little uprising in your hands. And now it's like you've got to if you're going to give them voting rights, you've got to listen to you've got to listen to the the input. At the end of the day, it can be your decision. But why should these people care if you're never going to take what they say into consideration? So. We've seen how these types of things have gone for corporations in the past when when corporations do online polls, social media polls. Uh, a lot of times they end less than wonderful. Yes. And so I could see this. I could see this easily going the same way. Again, I love the idea of it. I, I love too. the idea of including these folks. And again, I don't know the specifics of it. Um, that's a pretty broad statement of the things they say they're going to include them in. Maybe it's actually more limited then they're letting right. on, and and they may have. I mean, they may have. Yeah, like deep, deep details written out on this that the article just hasn't covered, and that's yeah. completely fair too. But I, I think uh, my only other, sorry, my the only other thing is is you have to in something like this, you have to commit to this universe now. Yeah, as a filmmaker, as an artist, you are making. So I that's the other thing is I don't know if this is I don't know how replicatable this model is. Because it, it could, it, this has the potential to be a very cool, a very cool model. You know, again, it's very similar to, it's like the next evolution of the Kickstarter because it is in, in some practice the same thing, but uh, it has the, uh, the ability to become a cool business model. That being said, unless you're willing to commit long-term to this universe and keep creating content under this, you can't just get bored with it in five years and just go, all right, well, we're done because... Now you're now you've just squandered whatever audience that you right. brought up for it. So it's definitely me, a lot of risk like, here. Yeah. Because what if you get all that funding, you do all the stuff and you make the film and it flops, right? That's, right. I mean, right. Again, it, it, maybe it's like, 
you know, maybe your your fans show up and they they watch it and stuff like that, but it doesn't have like the acclaim that you need it to be to keep going with it or whatever. You know, there's there's a lot of risk involved with it. And that's not to say that they shouldn't do this. I think it's great that they're exploring it, but nothing ventured, nothing gained. Yeah, but there's there's saying. definitely some risks here, and I uh, yeah. I worry for uh, <laughs> I worry for what 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 goes on along with this. So I wish uh, you know. Both of these guys, uh, their names again, Zeke Earl and Chris Caldwell. I'm like, hey, cool, man. Explore your shit. You know? Yeah. I'm curious to see what happens. You know, good for you for trying to think outside the box on this. Absolutely. And the thing is, they have already made a, uh, they've already made a feature film, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, it starred, you know, Pedro Pascal and it, it happened. Like it was a, yeah. it was a thing that it, so they are already light years ahead of a lot of people and, yeah. and, and myself included. So, you know, c- again, kudos to them for trying to innovate. Kudos to them for coming up with this. I do genuinely, like you just said too, genuinely hope this works. And this is, they blow the lid wide open on a whole new thing that can happen. That would be awesome. Only hesitation is that it has to do with NFTs and I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I agree. We'll see. But good luck to you, fuckers. Good luck to you, fuckers. Let us know how it goes. Good luck to you, motherfuckers. If they ever want to appear on the show and talk to us more in depth and really take us home and bring our bring us around to it, you're more than invited on the show. I would. I'm so curious about this. I'd love to know more. So absolutely, open invitation to both of you guys. Like, please holler at us. We'd love to have you on. Wolf, get on that. Wolf. 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 <laughs> Uh, speaking of movies, Doug, the Batman came out. Ooh, baby. Haven't seen it yet. Winging. Yeah. Uh, I've not seen it yet because, uh, I didn't want to go to the movies opening weekend, which is such a change from, you know, if you would have told me, told Doug from, you know, 2018, that, that Doug would have punched you right in the mouth. Um, (laughs) still not comfortable going to theaters and, uh, also people suck. And uh, after I went to the theater to see, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home just a couple weeks ago uh, and just very unpopulated theater, like I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. This kind of sucks, actually. And the, I feel like the the fun of I liken it to I grew up with a particular Chinese buffet in my hometown. Uh-huh. It was called King's Buffet. Still is called King's Buffet. And it was like everyone's like, oh, man, King's Buffet. This is great. They have another one in a nearby city called Macon. And they brought one into our hometown. It's so good. And it was just super popular. Everyone's going to King's Buffet. King's Buffet, man. It was so great. And uh, that's all I could do when I had a job in high school. Whenever I got paid, I'd be like, we're going to King's Buffet. And I would just give them part of my paycheck, you know, all the time. As I sort of like ventured out, went to college and stuff, and I came back and I'd bring Jill back there. I'm like, oh, we got to go to this Chinese buffet. She's kind of like, ah, you know, it's okay. And then each time I went back, it was just like a little worse and a little worse to the point where the very last time I went there, I was like looking at the blinds and they just had dust all over them. And the food just really was pretty okay. It was, it was a Chinese buffet. Like it was... And I kind of likened that, that was kind of like my most recent experience with the movie theater in that, you know, I was going and going and going and I love this. And this most recent one, I'm like, do I love this? Right. Because I've had two years of watching shit in my house and I really like watching shit in my house. But that's not the point. That's not what this is about. What this is about is that the Batman came back and it, at the time of this article on March 6th, uh, Batman opened 120 million 
at international box office and nearly $250 million globally. So movies yeah. back. At, at the time of the recording of this podcast, domestic is $144 million, international is 124 for 269 yeah. worldwide. Yeah. So people really wanted to see this movie. And I'll say this. People are definitely... They want to be entertained. They want this content. Mm-hmm. These movies and stuff have been delayed, and they desperately want to see this sort of stuff. And I do want to see this film. I love all the actors that are in it, and I want to see this particular take on it. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm thrilled that it's doing well. I I always like to, you know, when when films are doing well at the box office, I think that's a good thing. Um, in general, just I don't know, it makes me happy. Yeah, for this sort of stuff. You want to? I like to see success with these kinds of things, even if the movies that like I don't really particularly enjoy or they're not for me, like the Fast and Furious movies. I'm like, I want them to do well, you know. Yeah, want them to succeed and be good. I I do think that that as we've talked about in the past, we're we're entering into a phase of uh, movies that are going to fall into two categories, which are you really need to see this in the movie theater and movies that are totally fine watching them at home on a smaller screen now. I don't really mind watching any movie at home on the smaller screen. I, I don't personally feel like I have to go see a movie in the theater. Um, I do still enjoy the idea of going to the theater. That being said, I don't think I've been to the theater. I don't think I've been to the theater yet. And so like your experience of, of that where you're like, no gross. Yeah. You know, this is not, uh, it was fine. I over exaggerated, but it was yeah. still like this. I'd rather be at home. It's not the yeah exactly yeah exactly I um I I do think we're gonna fall into that where there's certain movies that are gonna be quote unquote theatrical movies and then certain movies that are gonna be uh, streaming movies or that open both uh, and I think I think the Batman for me would be one would fall into the theatrical just because it's anything that's got a spectacle of this size so I like I will watch it streaming at home. If I have the opportunity to go see it in the theater, I do believe I will take that opportunity just yeah, because uh, it looks, it's just got that big feel to it. I agree with you. Like, I think every movie, I mean, like, so for example, like when Warner Brothers released all their films onto HBO Max, I wasn't like, man, I really wish I could have seen this in a movie. I'm like, cool, let's fucking watch it. Like, Dune, I wish I could have seen in the theater. It probably would have been better. Sure. I mean, it probably would have been, but at the same time, I'm like, it was also just fine on my at home watching it on my, both my I phone for part of it and TV for the other part of it. Like, I just want to see the movie. I want to see the story. Right. Um, I don't get as all jizzed up about, you know, oh, check out this Dolby Atmos sound. That's just uh, whatever, man. It's all the same. Like, it's, yeah. it's, listen, nothing quite beats a movie theater like sound system, you know, the picture quality and everything. It, it's pretty cool you know, to be able to watch all that. But at the same time, it's also just fine to watch it on my fucking TV at home. Like I'm happy to do that. Like, right. I don't care. Um, so I don't know. Like, I, again, I'm happy, but there was also this article from the Hollywood reporter that said that, um, the Batman ushers in new era of movie ticket price hikes. Yeah. Which, which this was not super exciting, which hiked my blood pressure when I was reading it. Um, the basis says major circuits, including AMC have employed variable and surge pricing for years, but until now the tactic hasn't been used in the U S which was news to me. The idea of surge pricing, like, mm-hmm. and honestly, like an Uber do. I feel like it doesn't need to be done in the U S because you like most of the time that stuff's, I, I could understand, um, if, uh, um, 
What's this? <sighs> Sorry, I just saw someone post something in here. It's just uh in where? I don't know. It's like on our chat. It's, we got something that's probably a bot that's being uh, uh, held. Oh. It says, all you people on the panel are trolls. Boring. I'm getting the police involved and I'm going to I'm going live on my channel to expose you, lol. Okay, Cosmic Kitty. All right, Cosmic <laughs> Kitty. I love it. I'm totally do it. Meow. Make it um, I'm, uh, I'm into it. That's Cosmic to you, Kitty. Cosmic Kitty. Cosmic Meow. Kitty. Um... But the idea of search pricing is kind of uh, not a bot. I'm real, lol. <laughs> then I like you even more. Meow. Um, uh, the idea of search pricing in the U.S. Um, um, is absurd to me because I feel like because most of the time that stuff is released in the U.S. first and then in all these other international markets. So it seems odd to me um, that that would be necessarily the, the the case here and but the idea that there would be a surcharge of a dollar to a dollar 50 for it just, says just for purely for it being a popular movie yeah yeah it's like i don't what that seems absurd to me like if um if you're if if you have like if someone's like yeah this is an extra dollar 50 it's like well how many theaters are you is this movie playing in right now right are you like oh listen uh this is a, uh, um, you know, oh, it's just, uh, they're making some argument like, oh, it's a scarcity. Like, we don't have the space. Right. So it's, uh, it's like, so we can't make moves for, like, uh, I would love to hear the logic behind this. Like, it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me that they would do this. No. And to find out, too, that AMC was the only one that came forth and was, like, open about it. And that Cinemark and Regal doing it with Spider-Man and everything. Like, it just, I, I did not realize this was a, I knew things were expensive, but I didn't realize this was, like, a, a, a practice like that had been in place yeah, yeah. like uh, I don't know. It, I, i'm not a fan and if this keeps going this way i think that's gonna i really do think i understand that i'm sure theaters are trying to make up for what they lost during the pandemic but this is going to push people away further and further from the movies yeah i agree this is going to drive people right back to their couches yeah like I, it's just it's so shitty and part of it too is like listen I've made no bones about it. I don't particularly enjoy AMC as an organization. I like movie theaters, but I don't like the idea that AMC, in my opinion, has strong armed, uh, has like put their, like really dug their heels in and have really not innovated. They've just sort of stuck with old business models. They have not adapted to the market or anything of that nature. And it's, it's really obnoxious to me that uh you know some of the stuff that they pulled like when universal originally tried to uh you know have what was it trolls 2 world tour and they were they were so upset that that universal went and just dropped it right to streaming and um all that sort of stuff I'm like listen what does what does the fucking what <laughs> what does the fox say what does the fox say what do what do your consumers want you know, if consumers want this, then you should do what they want. Even if it's not profitable for you, that means like you've got to get on board with this. Like you got to do it. You got to take care of business. And if you don't, you're going to get left behind. So after all that shit, and then on top of that, they're like, oh, by the way, here's surge pricing. It's like eat shit. Like, yeah. I'm sorry that you're like, well, there's been a pandemic for two years. We got to make up for it. I'm like, fuck you. Like that's business, man. Well, again, too, we talked about this at the beginning of the pandemic is that they, if they wanted 
they needed to innovate. If they wanted to hold any sort of, you know, market share and to be relevant, they, the time to innovate was at the beginning of this. You should have struck deals with streaming services. You should have struck, create your own, struck deals with, uh, with, with movie houses and and, and studios and, and, and things like that. Now you're just trying to play catch up and you're trying to stick it to the consumer. Like that yeah. is, it's just not gonna, it's short-sighted and it's, uh, it's reactionary when you guys should have been innovating at the top when you guys had the opportunity to do this, because had you done that, my God, the amount of money that you could have raked in, if you got, instead of getting a theatrical window, you got maybe AMC, uh, streaming service, got a, a 30 day streaming window and you raked in all that streaming money. You right. still sold tickets. Maybe it was a reduced cost ticket instead of uh, $12 a ticket. You charge people 10 or six, mm-hmm. you know, and you're still going to make that money. You wouldn't have lost out, but God damn it. You didn't do it. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's so, yeah. Imagine that if they had their own streaming service that they, that they created from the ground up and they put out there and it came to this pandemic and they're like, you know what? Uh, new movies will be launched through our streaming service. You can catch them for 30 days. Like you have to go through the streaming service. They could rake in all that income like you said all that revenue it's like oh i gotta go to the amc app to to pick this stuff up or whatever yeah. like as they came out like it, it'd be a tiered thing that they could share in that and it's like now they're trying to get a streaming service off the ground it's like dude fuck you like <laughs> no i just i don't know I, I have a really they've left a very poor taste in my mouth like i i, did, I didn't like the way they handled it when universal was like trying to, to test yeah. things with the streaming because they're like and then somehow they like want to back end deals. I was just like, guys, listen, right. you got to get with the times here, man. Like streaming is here to stay. And if anything pro- proved it to us in the pandemic, people want to watch shit streaming. People will pay a premium for it Absolutely. to watch it yeah. at home. So fucking get on board, man. And did you do shit like this? You're going to lose people, man. You're going to lose people. Shady shit. And also, I do think it's funny how they were. <laughs> they sat there and told the like Universal well, you're taking money out of our pocket. Well, what did you do? You didn't produce the fucking movie. Yeah. You didn't do anything. You were going to show it. And now that has been, that opportunity has been taken away. And now you're upset because you don't get a share of, of the profits from this. I'm sorry. You, you weren't guaranteed that from the fucking beginning. Yeah. So I don't know what, I don't know why you're complaining. Like it's not, you're, it's a weird model that serve one thing. Yeah. You, you do one thing. Yeah. You host movies. When that goes away, you're not needed. Yeah. And I feel like I don't understand that leg of the industry. Like it, it seems pretty, like you said, it seems pretty simplistic to me. Like you do this thing, movie comes to you, you show movie to people. Like that's what right. you do. It's like the guy in Scrubs who's like, bed maker. I make the beds. Like that. Right. They're, that's what they do. And... I think they feel incredibly threatened with technology and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, it's very possible. I wouldn't have said this two years ago. I think I kind of did maybe to some degree, but I was like, listen, I could see movie theaters just becoming a very niche thing and not being everywhere all the time. The technology is there. The connections are there to do this a new way and a different way and a more convenient way. And me personally, I'm kind of sad. It's almost like falling out of love with star Wars. Like, I'm kind of falling out of love with the movie theater experience. Like I can make really good movie theater popcorn at home, man. I make it on my stove. Right. I'm comfortable. 
you know, the biggest bummer is, is exactly what you said is that like, you're missing out. I think one of the coolest things about going to the theater back, back before in the before times Mm -hmm. was that communal, like, again, think about when Steve Rogers said, finally said Avengers assemble and the fucking theater lost their ever loving mind. They brought the roof down. They were screaming so loud, things like that where you get chills watching it as a group that is unf- that is that is the best part about that movie theater experience and so there is something that's sad to see that starting to wane and go away but you know i don't know eventually i do think you know people are going to get more and more comfortable with going back to the theaters obviously uh the further into this we get the more we learn to live with this is just you know um the, the more vaccines the more uh you know immunity we get to it the more it's going to become more just like a seasonal thing. And we're going to learn to live with it because we have to, and people are going to go back to the theaters, but that, that what it was, I don't know if that's ever going to be able to get recaptured. Yeah. Because back when I was a kid and there was like, you know, HBO and Showtime and Cinemax, like those were the places, you know, plus you could go get them at the rental stores for stuff like that. The movie theater made sense. We've come a long way since then. I don't feel like the movie theaters have changed. Right. But we're in a different world now. And I think movie theaters may become the blockbuster of the industry. Like, it may be that if if they do not get their shit together and find a way to make this worthwhile. I don't think, I still think they have value to offer, but to me, it's waning. It's Mm -hmm. it's not something where I'm like, the only thing that's potentially going to get me there is a movie that I really want to see that I know is only available in theaters. You know, like I really want to see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse right. of Madness. I don't know if I want to wait three months to see it. You know, when it, right. for it to come out on digital, like you Dude, know, it was the hardest thing in the world to wait and to wait for Spider Man right. to like, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that kind of stuff anymore. But it, you know, it, it, whatever. We're we're treading water again. It's not practical. That's yeah. what I'll say. Yeah. It's not practical. But you know what is practical? Well done. Questions, we got the answers. All you do is ask. Practical, 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 ask practical. Oh, silky. Meow. Yeah. So, for those of you who are not aware, there's a small Doug that lives inside the larger Doug, and that Doug is known as Practical Doug. And Practical Doug helps Doug, helps Big Doug navigate the world. And our listeners and our fans and our viewers, and if you, you, even if you're not one of those, even I'm Cosmic Kitty, you can, if you'd like, submit a question to Ask Practical Doug on our social medias, hashtag Ask Practical Doug on our Discord. If you come join the stream live on Tuesdays or even Saturdays on the video game stream, you can ask Practical Doug a question and he will answer it. And today's Ask Practical Doug question Oh, I think today might be the day that we have to do it, Doug. Yeah. Yep. I think, well, you know, actually, let's do the new one. <laughs> we got one day. This comes from Slotty. Okay. Uh, so Slotty, I, I, we just moved to uh, to Michigan and we're looking uh, for a house. We're staying. We've got a short-term lease in an apartment while we're looking for a house. And Slotty is imagining what happens when we finally buy that house, my wife and I. So he says one day Justin is exploring this new home. And he finds a small hidden panel and pops it open. And he he opens up to find this scene. And Doug will be showing a photo 
on the on the stream and uh, we'll describe it to you here for all those listening to the audio version it is a uh, very small crawl space that looks like it's in the attic you can see where the slant of the roof is and there's just some plywood on the on the the ground very dark the light from the camera is the only thing illuminating a row of probably about 20 to 25 naked hairless mannequins some of which are dismembered and there is something there's a pile of something in the back that's dark and we can't see what it is it is a horrifying scene and slotty wants to know he i happen upon this what should justin do next with his new home doug so i've just now <laughs> shared the the image mm-hmm. so yeah there you go um it looks like there's like christmas decorations in the back is um that it, it kind of looks like a christmas tree i get Oh, I guess and now that I zoom in, if you zoom in towards the Christmas tree, do you see the small the little, child? Yeah, a little Easter egg there, and this and it is on its hands. It's and on the, all fours. There's a, there's a baby mannequin, and it is in the crawl position, and that is probably the most disturbing thing. I just got goosebumps. I don't like this in the slightest. I'm feeling very uncomfortable. Whew. So Justin's exploring his new home as you want to do. Um. First thing is I asked the inspector, why didn't you find this? Right. Uh, maybe they did. And they're like, yeah, I mean, it's structurally sound. Everything looks good. Okay. You know, why, why would they report it? It's just stuff, you know? Well, it's the devil stuff. You don't know that. Um, I- so <laughs> you you find this hidden panel. You open it up. You find this scene. What should Justin do next? Well, I tell you what. If you've joined any of our Jackbox streams or heard of any of the ongoing jokes this sounds like the genesis of uh doug's fuckbots right here is what this looks like this looks like where you can be like all right i got an idea all right we charge five dollars a person they come up they fuck they fuck these mannequins you know they you know they can rent them out so instead of Instead of striking a match and lighting fire to the entire operation, you're saying that we turn it into a positive. Ignore the fact that this is 100% a haunted uh, hellscape up here. And you're saying turn it into a uh, a business, a thriving business. Yes. If you will. A sex positive brothel, you know? And this is, if Uncle Doug's puzzle basement and Doug's sex bots combined, it would become. Uh, I have a Uncle feeling Doug's the same guy runs both. Yeah. You know, yeah. I feel like it's yeah. you know it's a second business. You know, <laughs> the first one was going so well. Yeah, he's like, yeah. well, the, we'll just get another one here. Um, I don't. I mean, I think I'd have to say in real life, I would probably be pretty unsettled by it. Um, not as much as like the, the picture makes it seem pretty awful. I just kind of be like, huh, that's an awful lot of mannequins and that one doesn't have a leg and that one's obviously a child and it's on all fours and Ooh, a Christmas tree, you know? Um, there's a lot of questions, you know, why, what were these used for? Were they used for other holiday decorations? You know, because I've seen like people around my neighborhood, they've had some mannequin ups, mannequins up for Halloween decorations and stuff like that. So um, there's an awful lot of them. So it's not as creepy as I initially thought. It's unusual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to go sleep up oh, there. There's, a, there's, a, there's more. If you zoom in behind the tree, there are some that are standing up against the wall. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So there is, I, you. It's safe to presume that this is an attic full of mannequins. Yeah, it's good to say that. Like, I thought that was just a wall. I think this is one corner. You know, it, of, this is of an a attic, mall. and it. I mean, look, if we're gonna extrapolate, this attic is packed literally to the rafters with mannequins. We should probably also note that these are all female mannequins. Accurate. There are no male mannequins here. These are all female. This okay. This got a little creepier. Yep. Um. Hmm. Yep. All female, and then there's the baby. Um, I'm not liking anything about this, including the Christmas tree. Not liking that either. Because that looks like it was just chucked up there. Yep. These kind of look like they were delicately laid out, you know? Those are placed with a purpose. They are. And, uh... Whew. So, Doug, are we leaning back towards me just striking a match and ending it all there? No, I mean, now that we know they're all female, I think it really reinforces my initial thought that this needs to be the birthplace of Doug's fuckbots. Justin's not happy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I don't like it, and I understand that that's the practical solution. The actual solution would be immediately moving out and cutting our losses. But it's the perfect house. I'll tell you what, Doug. I find this house. I will sell it to you for a very handsome price. Let me flip this back around to you. What would your house have to have for you not to light a match and start over? A priest? No, I'm saying like you found the house. This is the house. Mm. It's the perfect house. Yet it has this. Initially... Initially, I was going to say I would need to sit down with the previous owner to ask why, but I don't know that that would help. That might make things worse. So what feature would it need to have, you're asking? What feature would it need to have in order for me to be like, I'll just clean this out and we'll pretend this never happened? Yeah, because it's like, yeah, but I mean, you know... Mm -hmm. The recording studios here or you know right, right, right. the it comes with a full camera setup oh <laughs> i'll know? tell you what oh wait if, that would make it worse it's like oh yeah this is right. a huge studio lights one of, things, one of the things that i've always loved is uh when you see those houses that have like the bookcase that opens up and it's like a secret room back there and they have it like it's tall you know they've got like a leather chair and tall bookshelves and it's kind of a cool like just hidden room I was going to say that because I've always loved that. But again, that would probably like the camera setup would just make it worse. Yeah. Um, I think what it would have to have one thing that I would I'm really, really hoping we find. We saw one house with this is that in the back on the garage above the garage is a what could be considered like an apartment. Basically, like it's built out. It's insulated. It's got carpeting staircase. I would love to have an office back there. Uh, so if if we had one where like it was a nice garage that had a nice like apartment room thing above it in the back, that'd be very hard for me to turn that house down, even finding this. Good to know. Very hard. Good to know. Are you looking? Are you helping me now? I was just curious. I was just like, yeah, man, like it's kind of like, um, you know, <laughs> the situation where you're going on a date with someone and they did one thing. Like, would you right. stay or right. would you be like, nope, I'm out, you know? <laughs> She's got a room full of spiders, and there she calls them her babies. You know, exactly. Like, nope, I'm out. Bye. Again, don't like that. Bye. I just, in my mind, I'm thinking like, cut to Doug. As soon as we get off of here, somehow you find my realtor, and you're like, hey, 
I got a thing I want to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let me know when they find a Listen, place. Listen, when they I'm find the house, yeah. I've got, you know, a thousand dollars that's going to be spent wisely here. Like, we'll have a good time. <laughs> I'm playing the stock markets. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing for one good. reason and one reason only. <laughs> it's Justin hid a bunch of fucking gems in my house as a, as a housewarming, as part of the Infinity Gauntlet. I got something for him. Right. I'm making Uncle Doug's Christmas puzzle attic. Yeah, it'll be yeah. great. There's mannequins hidden in your house, Justin. Good luck finding them. <laughs> You're like, if oh. If you just said that and then turned and left, it would be the most unsettling. It'd be funny. They're hidden in your house. Good luck finding them. Yeah, right? You're like, wait, what? How many are there? You're like, every time I'll tell you in a month. See if you got them every, all. Every time the house were to settle just a little bit and a creak happened, I'd be like, well, that's it. Like, that's it. Jesus the Christ. Are come to get me. Yeah. You're like, what do you mean? Where are they? I'm like, they're everywhere. They could be in the, the drywall. They could be... Buried in the backyard. That I mean, might even be worse. If you were renoing a house and you opened the wall and there were mannequins in the wall. They're just that frozen. Would be worse. That yeah. would be so much worse. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, that just leads us perfectly to. Welcome to the throwdown. Do, 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 do. It's that time again where we're going to take two things. We're going to put them in an arena and they are going to fight to the death. And it looks like we've got some interesting ones this time. You know what's going on here. All right, Justin, let's hear that drum roll. This week's throwdown is White Fang versus Dog Meat. It's dog eat dog throwdown, ladies and gentlemen. Who's dog meat? Well, Justin, I'm glad you asked. It's the recurring pet companion in the Fallout series. God. Uh, Read a book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. So, um, I'll take dog meat. Great. Awesome. So, who is dog meat? Well, you've got Fallout 1, Fallout 3, Fallout 4. Uh, I think they're all roughly the same sort of uh, loadout as far as what they do. It's 9B. Um, it's uh, It's got superhuman characteristics, natural rub weaponry with its sharp teeth and claws, enhanced senses. Um, it's wall level attack potency. <laughs> Play a video game. Jeez, Justin, says Noah. Uh, seems pretty straightforward with like its durability, strength. Uh, I love it. It's a striking strength. Wall class in parentheses can tear people and machines apart. Obviously. Um, optional equipment, bandanas, leather armors, metal armors, collars, and goggles. Intelligence, analytic. He does have the capacity to understand what type of items his current owner wants him to fetch, such as ammo types or chemicals. No known weaknesses. Seems pretty straightforward. It's a dog. All right. It's a dog. It's yeah. a it's a loyal, smart dog. It's a German right. Shepherd. It's a German Shepherd dog. Go. Okay. So White Fang uh, is uh, is it a wolf? Hold on. It, it is, is a wolf. A canine mammal wolf dog hybrid. So <laughs> here is nine B because that's important. It's a male, five years old. Superhuman physical characteristics, enhanced senses, stealth mastery, natural weaponry, claws and teeth, superhuman stamina and high survival skills. So this is like fucking super dog over here. Um, 
Wall level, able to fight and kill dogs with ease. Speed, superhuman, obviously. Lifting strength, at least peak human. Can push over and drag other large animals and humans with ease. Striking class, strength, wall class. Durability is wall level. I hate these. Stamina, extremely high. Uh, range, melee. Standard equipment, teeth. Intelligence, very intelligent animal. Capable of understanding that he was saved by a human. Therefore, White Fang doesn't, uh, didn't attack him and later is now loyal to him when he was able to socialize and learn. Noah goes, Doug is putting this together that these two pages are identical. Not quite, yep. Noah. Not quite. Yeah. So they are very similar. Yep. Um, what I'm seeing as, as potential callouts here are one that um, White Fang has fought other dogs a lot and has been successful. So right. he survived serious attacks from these. Um, he's gotten extremely high stamina. He's killed several uh, fight dogs, even while in a weak state. So that 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 makes it work for him. He's very intelligent. His and lifting strength is at least peak human, while dog meats is average human. Yeah. Mm? Now, what I mm. will say gives dog meat something of note is that he has survived in the nuclear lands and nuclear fallout where there are mutants. And other very dangerous creatures out there, more dangerous than other dogs. Mm. So for him to survive out there, but is he surviving by evading or is he surviving by attacking? It doesn't seem to let you know that. And also White Fang is noted for having high stealth, which is not noted for dog meat. Right. Now also, does dog meat, and I might have missed this, is dog meat with someone a reoccurring pet companion so to survive dog meat is hanging out with people white fang is just kind of fucking around on his own until he was saved by jack conroy and was loyal to him but still he's he's surviving out in his lonesome yeah i mean both of them have been surviving on their lonesome but it makes it seem like white fang you know you know, he was he was born wild, but he comes more dog-like after uh, a native uh, American domesticates him. But yeah, he gets separated from his mother. He's consistently bullied by their dogs. Becomes a fighting dog. So, I mean, this dog is literally like, what has he killed? Other dogs. Like, he knows how they operate. Right. White Fang has got them. He's he's definitely grown up in the wilds. I know Dogmeat has in a nuclear wasteland, but we don't get the same sort of stats that like White Fang does. And White Fang's stats, I think, give him an edge. And there's the thing, too, is White Fang Fox, he had six puppies with Kali. Right. Does Dogmeat fuck? I mean... I don't know that he does. I don't know if I would allow him to fuck anything in the nuclear wastelands of Fallout. So... Unless Dogmeat is, like, that similar to that, uh, you know, uh, what is it, Resident Evil? Those mm -hmm. uh, those monster dogs they yeah. got in there? Unless he's like that, I I'm thinking he doesn't stand a chance here. <laughs> Noah says Dogmeat is radioactive, so as soon as White Fang takes a bite, White Fang is on a ticking clock. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. White Fang will defeat Dogmeat before Dogmeat defeats him. There you go. Doesn't matter that that White Fang will eventually die from you know radiation poisoning. It is who wins in this fight. And that that winner has got to be White Fang. I'm just saying we're going White Fang. For the win! 
Good job, Council. Yeah, wonderful throwdown, Council. That was that was fun. That was very two, fun. Next to <laughs> next to identical people next or things next to each other. It's very very fun. Good. It's good stuff. Good times. Good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, Justin, what do you have to recommend this this this, this year? This mm, this morrow, uh, I dude, I don't know honestly. Um, I. Uh, Listen, there's nothing to your left or to your right that you can recommend, so don't look over Power there. Power of right. the Dog I already recommended last week. Uh, I don't think I've watched anything new. I don't think I've really read anything new. Um, I'm going back. I just bought uh, I just bought with uh, my bonus um, that came in. I just bought uh, Treated Myself to the Parks and Rec Season 1 through 7. So I would say uh, if you haven't watched it, go go watch Parks and Recreation uh, it's a it's a wonderful show. Probably one of my top three shows. It's Parks and Recreation, Ted Lasso, and Schitt's Creek. I think are three of my favorite comedies uh, that have ever been uh, put out into the uh, world, into the ether. So go go watch one of those three, and uh, you know, do yourself a favor. Doug, what do you got? Do yourself a favor. Um, I'm late to the game on this. Everyone in the Discord community has been bugging me about this for a while, and I finally decided to check it out. But Dungeons and Daddies not a BDSM podcast, uh, is phenomenal. It is a D&D live play podcast featuring the likes of Freddie Wong, if you're into the YouTubers, um, and it is phenomenal. It's it's so, you know, Critical Role is like, holy shit, like we're going to be playing some serious D&D. Um, mm-hmm. This is not serious, but in a good way. It's very comical. Uh, there's several seasons. The season of my mom, which is I'm on, which is the first season, is about basically four dads who are taking their sons to a soccer tournament. But along the way, they get sucked into a vortex, and that vortex leads them to the world of the Forgotten Realms and Dungeons and Dragons. And listening to these guys just just fumble around and figure that like what's going out there. Incredible improvisers. They're very yeah. silly. And they commit to their characters and they do not play by the rules. It's very simple. The DM does not overcomplicate things and it's incredibly enjoyable and entertaining to, to listen to. I fucking love it. It's so good. There you go. Uh, so you can check that out anywhere you catch your podcasts. Uh, Dungeons and Daddies. I highly recommend it. Very funny. Check it out. Boom. And, and while you're checking shit out, check out MindGap Podcast and all our social medias at MindGap Podcast. Please, if you'd like to support us with money, patreon.com slash MindGap Podcast or check out our merch at redbubble.com. And again, if you're looking just to support us just in any with, with no cost whatsoever, like and subscribe on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash MindGap Podcast and share our stuff. Grab your favorite episode, your favorite clip, your favorite short, whatever it is. Post it on your social media. Fire it out to the ether, to the realms. Let everyone know who uh, who's who. And Noah just said that the DM of Dungeons and Daddies is a writer of the popular video game Borderlands 2, sure. okay. which also makes sense. It's a very funny game. Totally makes sense. Um, but yes, please check us out on all those places. And don't forget to check out Justin online as well. On Instagram and Twitter, at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm, uh, wow, I lost my train of thought. While you're in the online realm, check us out on uh, Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, all the places where you can find and consume 
find fine podcasts uh, of a certain quality. And uh, while you're in those, you can subscribe, rate, review, all the things. The big one on there is the rating of us. If you could give us a rating and write a little review real quick, doesn't take a lot of time. Uh, that means a lot in the world of audio podcasts. And then 2east8th.com, just keep an eye on that and keep an eye on all of 2east8th's social media accounts. We finally have a, uh, a social media content calendar. So you'll be seeing some more regular stuff coming out, some polls that you can uh, play along with. So uh, keep an eye on all of Two East social medias. Oh, yeah. That's oh, so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Justin, as always, such a pleasure hanging out with you on this lovely Tuesday evening. Doug, I love Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Tuesdays are the best. And with that, I want to say, Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. Chat, thank you. Listeners, thank you. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.